Good morning, I'm Doug Doby. Welcome to Subject ACT on Tuesday the 3rd of May. Today on Subject ACT, we talk with YWCA Chief Executive Officer Francis Crimmins about the 2016 ACT election platform, Every Woman, Every Child, Every Day. The ACT election platform challenges the next ACT government to prioritise gender equality, support for children and young people, community inclusion and support for the vulnerable members of our community. Stay tuned for more on 2XXFM 98.3 People Powered Radio. The YWCA would like to make Canberra a truly inclusive Canberra for all Canberrans and they have prepared the 2016 ACT election platform Every Woman, Every Child, Every Day. The election platform challenges the next ACT government to prioritise gender equality, support for children and young people, community inclusion and support for the vulnerable members of our community. To talk more about this, we welcome YWCA Chief Executive Officer Francis Crimmins to our program. Francis, welcome to Subject ACT. Morning, Doug. Thank you for having me on this morning. Internationally, the YWCA is one of the world's largest women's organisations in 25 countries with a global outreach of around 25 million women and girls. How does the YWCA assist women and girls in the Canberra community? YWCA Canberra, we've been providing services in Canberra for over 87 years. We came, we were established in Canberra in 1929 Mm. and over that time we have evolved just like our progressive inclusive city and we're very proud of our contribution over those 87 years. To today, the work we do, we work in housing, homelessness services, youth engagement programs, we run early learning education centres, school-aged care, we have a registered training organisation, we do uh, advocacy, like our election campaign that we'll be talking about, so we have quite a broad spectrum of work that we do across the Canberra community. With 2016 being an election year, the YWCA Canberra has already launched their election advocacy platform, Every Woman, Every Child every day. What's the purpose of the launch? We wanted to make sure that in the election, in the upcoming ACT Canberra election, that we want Canberra to be a truly inclusive Canberra for all Canberrans. And unfortunately, when with most of us doing very well in Canberra, you know, winning titles are the most livable city in the world. Mm. You know, international flights now coming here and talking about our thriving education, tertiary education system. Unfortunately, not all Canberrans do get to uh, participate in the benefits of the territory. And we think that's that the social prosperity does mask significant inequalities. So our election platform is a platform that raises some policy advice to the people who are going to put their hands up to be leaders in this territory to making sure that all of the benefits of our wonderful Canberra reach all Canberrans. With an organisation like the YWCA, is it a normal process to get in early and present your uh, election platforms now before even the election has been announced? Yes. Look, we feel that this is the time that we do need to be talking about this publicly because we want to uh, influence, as I said, the people who are sticking their hands up to be the leaders uh, in Canberra. And while they're developing their policy positions, now is the right time to be launching election platforms. And you'll notice not just um, community organisations, quite a a lot of peak organisations are launching their election platforms right now. In your election platform, it's quite broad focus, but very comprehensive, covering areas like early childhood education, community development, youth engagement, housing support for homelessness, gender equality and domestic violence. What are you hoping to achieve from the launch? 
So launching our election platform now, as it's titled, Every Woman, Every Child, Every Day, we do want to create equal opportunities in Canberra for children and young people. We want to see a commitment to reduce gender inequality and violence against women and to promote social inclusion in our community. So we feel that our election platform contains really clear, practical solutions to address the inequalities that exist in Canberra. And that's what we're going to be advocating over the next few months and taking actions to advocate on the things that we believe we need in Canberra to be a truly inclusive community. And what are the priorities of the launch? So we've got three priority areas. So the first one is around supporting children and young people. And what we mean by that is we want to make sure that children and young people, particularly those we're focusing on those who are most vulnerable at risk and at risk, have safety support and a sense of belonging in their community and that they're engaged in their learning and work and that they also have a voice in our community. I think we forget that children have agency and young people do. And it's important that we see them as active citizens in our community as well. Our second priority is around the reduction of gender inequality and violence against women. And this is something that has been obviously in the media a lot recently, in particular after our last year's Australian of the Year, Rosie Batty really was brave in her work she did in showing that the huge issue this is in our community. And so we know that gender inequality is inextricably linked to domestic violence. So that's why we're saying that a whole of government response is required to long-lasting change. And we really have to invest significantly in reducing gender inequalities so that we can then uh, look at that long-term cultural change of ending violence against women and children. So then our third one is around community inclusion and equality. It must be a priority. So even though we do know that in our camera we have one of the lowest levels of overall disadvantage, what we also then have is one of the highest proportions of high socioeconomically diverse neighbourhoods. So we do have large numbers of the most and the least disadvantaged individuals living side by side in Canberra. So we are saying that what we need to do is overcome this inequality and promoting community inclusion must be a core priority of the ACT government. We know in the areas we work at, particularly down in South Tuggeranong with some of the community members there, that there's some young people who haven't even moved out of the valley, who haven't actually visited Civic, who haven't ventured out of that area just because they don't have the means to do so. So that's what when we talk about a community inclusion that it must be a priority in this government so that all Canberrans can benefit. Given the launch is quite comprehensive, are you okay if we talk through each of those priorities in more detail? Yes, I am. So, well, with priority one, you're you're talking about supporting children and the need to support children and young people. How can we as a community invest or improve that, that area so that we can have successful, healthy, contributing young people in our community? Yes, so we um, have four recommendations under our priority one. And one of them is the importance of early learning, quality early learning childhood education. And so we obviously recognise the importance for children to go to school, but it's really important that we make sure that everybody has access to early learning education. And what I mean is particularly around that three to five-year-old age group. So we know in particularly in vulnerable communities that there's been significant research that shows that if you take an at-risk child and they are able to participate in early learning education, that you can significantly change the trajectory of that child's outlook 
in terms of their preparing them for their readiness for school, for example, by participating in early learning education centre, we can make sure that we bridge those gaps. And unfortunately, when we talk in Canberra on averages, it does mask that at the lower end of our education system, we are missing the mark with this cohort of students that we do have a significant amount of children who are not meeting the basic assessments of school readiness. When you're talking about you have evidence that shows young Australians holding, and your document quotes here, holding alarming attitudes towards gender equality and violence in relationships. What's that about? Absolutely. So one of our key areas of work here is making sure that we start educating primary school children up into high school as they become young adults uh, on respectful relationships. So one of the most, uh, I guess, alarming issues that's come out now that we are having the public debate on, on violence against women and children is that some of the surveys and studies that have been done with young people today that were released last year showed that one in four uh, young men think that they are expected to hold the power and control in their relationship and that one in five young men think it's reasonable to pressurise girls into sex and some of those statistics even that in including um, slapping your girlfriend is not a form of violence. So when you actually look that they're the attitudes of young people today, we know that we need to educate children and young people to change those behaviours and that is around including gender equality and diversity principles in our school education system. How do you think that we can do that? We think that all schools, it needs to be a whole school approach mm. and that it needs to be embedded across the whole school approach and that is by embedding respectful relationships education. Um, and in particular, as you grow and go into high school, that includes looking at the way, you know, that we deliver our, our education to children. And, you know, that includes how we do sex education to children. We actually don't teach young people about intimate relationships. That's what's missing. I was quite surprised that a lot of the sex education that you talk about or the sexuality education mm -hmm. tends to focus primarily on the, the body and what it does rather than the relationships. Yes, and we, uh, through the Equality Rights Alliance that are one of the Women's National Alliances, ran a survey for young women to see what their views were on, on in school today on what their um, sex education was like in school. And I have to say the results were kind of alarming for me and we're still teaching them the same things I learned in the 1980s. <laughs> so we haven't really progressed at all in how we teach our children and young people about what really becomes the most core relationship in your in your world, your intimate relationship. And we have to recognise that young people, that their intimate relationships are equally important to them. So unless we start talking about what constitutes healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships, that's what we're advocating for, that we need to be able to have these conversations. And that includes everybody in, in our community. So we are saying started in schools. And allow when children and young people need help, where do they go to get help? So that's why having these open conversations is really important so that they do feel safe and can come to the people they most trust, whether it's their teacher or a carer, um, when they do need help if they, they've got concerns about their own relationship. And as you said, some of the things they are being taught is what was the same being taught in the 80s. I noticed <laughs> there's a 2013 national survey that talks about one quarter of year 10, third of year 11 and half of year 12 students have had sexual intercourse, but only 43% of them use safe sex use a condom. That's quite horrific to think yes. that we have so much education to talk about safe sex. 
Yeah, that was one of the alarming things that certainly came out in, in some of the surveys and when we talk to young people is not actually including in that conversation around consent is the first step around safe sex, so establishing consent that both people are, are can fully understand what they're consenting to, but then what does constitute safe sex? And you know, the resources that we provide to young people includes condoms so again this is the type of conversation we have to be brave enough and recognize that we need to have these conversations with young people and not assume that they're not engaging in intimate relationships in their high school years and even here we are we're talking at an early morning program between 8 30 and 9 o'clock and we're talking about about sex but you you see the importance for a comprehensive sexuality education which is essential for uh, key and healthy relationships oh absolutely and the other the other part of our work that we do advocacy on is to recognise the diversity in that and not, you know, to, to make it a safe space for those young people who don't identify in heterosexual relationships, for example. So that's equally important that we make sure that all of our sex education includes sexual and gender diversity. Yeah, particularly looking at the needs of same-sex attracted youth. Yeah, and that's quite controversial at the moment. Yes, again, and again, that seems to be yeah a focus of removing those type of conversations. So, you know, we would really be advocating to look at diversity as a whole. So when we talk about diversity in our programs, it's, it's not just those who identify in same-sex relationships or other gender-diverse relationships, but we would say that our pro- the programs need to include diversity around your religious background, around your cultural background, and the underpinning core of of all of the best practice is around understanding your values and making sure that when it does come time when you're negotiating your first intimate relationships that you understand your values but equally that you learn to respect other people's values and that's where consent is such a huge part of the conversation that we don't have in school with young people. Keep listening to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3. YWCA CEO Francis Crimmins will be back to talk more about the 2016 ACT election platform. In the meantime, let's enjoy some of Canberra's indie rock with Angels of Architects as they play Surrender.
Stay tuned to 2XXFM 98.3 as we talk more with YWCA CEO Francis Crimmins about the 2016 election platform, Every Woman, Every Child, Every Day. Now, just moving on to, say, the quality of early childhood education, that Mm. seems to be also a concern that you have. Yes, and look, again, it stems to around we know that um, it is so important that access for those people who may not have the means to access early learning childhood education is so important. What I mean by that is there is a currently, both at the Commonwealth level, a push to say that unless you're learning or, or earning, then you shouldn't receive any childcare benefit or any rebate. But we know that, again, children from vulnerable communities, if they can access that, that it does open up and, and prepare them to be school ready. And so part of the, uh, again, in Canberra, we're told that we, we have one of the most expensive childcare systems. I think that's not that's not reflecting the size of Canberra and it's uh, really easy to look at, you know, when you're comparing New South Wales as a whole and dividing how many childcare centres by fees. So we actually don't think we have the dearest early learning education in Canberra, but it is also really important that the community-based early learning education centres continue to be able to access those peppercorn leases. So, for example, one of our early learning centres, so I won't name the area, no, sure. but we know that if we had to pay rent, that you would not operate this centre on a for-profit basis. We do not. It is, it is certainly a centre that you lose money on. And we see the need in that community to provide that service so that we can provide that early education to those children and to them to support the, uh, their carers and their parents. Sorry, Francis. So when you say peppercorn, what do you mean by that? Uh, that is where you get a concessional lease from the ACT government okay. on a community building. Mm. So you're not paying commercial rent. Okay, so it's a subsidised government lease, is that correct? It is, yep. correct. Okay. So by, by, by having that, how does that help the early childhood centres? So that reduces the price on fees that we have to charge. So, for example, you know, some of the communities that we we support, because of the nature of employment of the carers and parents, for example, the casualisation of work, what it means is that it is very hard for them to maintain a full childcare spot in a a normal commercial centre. So by us being able to offer them a more affordable and meet their needs so provide it when they are getting work what it what it allows us to do is make sure that those children access early learning education so more and affordable when, learning centers allows people to obtain good quality early childhood education absolutely mm-hmm. and that's and that is where you know we we have case studies where we can show the difference uh, a trajectory of a child who accesses regular early learning education in terms of their development around and, and also their nutritional needs. You know, we provide a fully nutritionist meal while they're there with us, their cognitive development and their school readiness into the preschool program. And so they're really important that everybody in Canberra, not just those of us, are, you know, are engaged in, you know, both, both carers engaged in full-time high-level employment, but for those who may be in casualised workforces so that those children get access to education from mm. three to five. 
you also have done some study on the quality of the service provided by the early education centres in reference to a national quality framework. Mm. And while it notes that a number of providers have rated excellent against these national standards, it seems alarming that only less than half, 48% of all services, met or exceeded the standards when compared to the national average of 67%. I mean, in the ACT, why is that happening? So in the ACT, that the data, what we did come from 2013. They haven't done another study, but yeah, the current data suggests that only 48% of services are meeting or exceeding national standards. We are encouraging that we continue to implement the national standards. It is really important, but it's also important that the proportion of qualified staff continues to increase. Mm-hmm. And again, that comes down to this pressure on reducing the cost of childcare. But we would also say that those providing childcare also need a living wage in Canberra yes. and they also need to be qualified. We actually have to recognise the work that early learning educators are doing is really important. We need to change the views of people that they're not just providing a babysitting service. They're actually providing education to our children in between the ages of three to five years old. And often there is a huge difference in salary between a childcare worker um, or an early childhood education centre and a teacher, isn't there? Yes, and in all early learning childcare education centres now, you do have to have a qualified preschool teacher, which we uh, totally support and advocate for. And again, people have to recognise that that then comes. You have to pay them the same that you would pay them in a school, in a preschool. So again, putting the focus on driving down childcare costs at the cost of um, staff wages and their qualifications, Mm. we believe is not the right choice to make sure that our children are educated and ready for school. You're also talking about increasing early childhood education to 20 hours a week. Why is that so important? Look, there is research that shows that if you actually... um, you know, one of, the, one of the studies that we looked at was a longitudinal study that came out of the United Kingdom that tracked 3,000 children from the age of 3 through to 16. And it actually did an assessment on the impact of early learning childcare education on participants' longer-term outcome. And the research conclusively showed that two or more years in high-quality preschool environment had the biggest statistical impact um, on intellectual development and early literacy skills. And as I said, this comes, there's, there's numerous studies that show that access to early learning education, and we would advocate for 20 hours a week, it's certainly what other, you know, other developed countries are providing when you look at Europe, for example, mm-hmm. that we know that it can significantly change the trajectory of all children, but in particular children who come from at risk, you know, who, who might be vulnerable. And some of the young people at risk, it seems that the digital technologies, as it's growing, there seems to be a greater divide between those that have the digital technology and those that don't. Yes, and that's the, it's, there's been a lot of media on this too recently. I, I call it, yeah, the digital divide. I call it poverty of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that comes in two forms. So, you know, today we live in an age that If you don't have, I know my own children, the first question they ask me when we go away somewhere is, is there Wi-Fi? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't care what type of roof's over their head if we go away, but the number one question is in a tent, can we get Wi-Fi? So if you actually grow up in a home that doesn't have that readily accessible access to the internet and 
most people go, well, why wouldn't you have access to the internet? There are, there are, we know we support families in Canberra who do not have internet in their home. A lot of people would then say, well, then you can use the public library. But you think of the disadvantage that puts a young person in that family home, uh, that puts pressure on them for transport to a public library to access it, the hours that their library is open. They, the schools are able to provide uh, some devices but if you don't, can't access the internet when you are in your home environment, you are at a distinct disadvantage. So it's almost like Wi-Fi is an essential service in today's society. Oh, it absolutely is an essential service. And in particular, when you hear you know, our own chief minister talking about the importance of you know, making Canberra the knowledge capital, we offer free Wi-Fi in the city. But if you live in the outer suburbs, uh, you don't have access to that mm. free Wi-Fi in your home. It is really important that from those people from under these underserved communities have access to um, internet and technology. So that's one of our big policy positions is that we need to make sure that these young people have access to pursue the careers that currently our government is championing that they want to see Canberra become one of the leaders in the world in this area. Now, Francis, look at our time for today. We've actually just covered priority one this week. This has been really <laughs> helpful. I mean, it's so easy for people to get involved in their own life, their own business, their own family, but you are challenging people to think outside that. You're looking and helping support those who don't have a voice. Yeah, well, that's what we're aiming to do, so <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> but to wrap up this week, how can people get involved? Over the next few months, we're going to be uh, running some more actions around our election campaign. So I would recommend that people have a look at our website, YWCA Canberra, and you will find the full election platform there and the policies and the solution. That's most important. That we make sure we actually provide a solution as well. And you can follow us on social media and see when we're holding um, some of these activities. Oh, Francis, look, thank you so much. Look, we've got so much to talk about and you've been very busy and thank you for, for what you've shared with us today. No, thank you so much, Doug. Appreciate it. All the best. We'll chat again next week. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening to YWCA CEO Francis Crimmins talking about the 2016 ACT election platform, Every Woman, Every Child, Every Day. Francis will join us again next week to talk more about reducing gender inequality and violence against women and making community inclusion and equality a priority for Canberra. For more information about the YWCA 2016 election platform, Every Woman, Every Child, Every Day, go to ywca-canberra.org.au. Join us tomorrow morning at 8.30 on Subject ACT with Lucy, Patrick and Jeff for more local current affairs and news. Coming up next on 2XX at 9 o'clock is Radio Landcare. Stay tuned for more on 2XX FM 98.3 People Powered Radio. Thank you for listening. I'm Doug Derbing on Subject ACT. Have a great day.